Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adel Omarcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adel Omarcy, and here today we are joined by my friend, uh, is it Stephen or Stefan? Stephen. Stephen. And I actually was pronouncing your name incorrectly as well, so Adel, there we go, I seen a deal, so there we go, we're both incorrect today. That's all <laughs> good. good. Stephen Summers, uh, badass dude, I've been following him for some time actually, uh, pretty cool dude. Uh, well, Thanks. before we do any of this, I'm going to just go through the sponsor stuff. Real quick, this show is sponsored by AdelMarcy.com. It's where we host this podcast. Also sponsored by StorySellingBlueprint.com. That goes live very, very soon, where we help you take your stories uh, and turn them into profitable sales and copy. And of course, we're also sponsored by EbraceOfEntrepreneur.com, which is my buddy Shane Hunter's thing, where he basically maps out the psychology behind sales, uh, behind Facebook ads, and how and why they work. It's actually an amazing hour-long uh, process that he does this completely brilliant and finally we're actually sponsored by today's uh guest marketplace superheroes.com steven uh, you are pretty much kicking ass to this right now because more or less well real quickly from what i get live to it it's basically about building amazon businesses right yeah basically so our whole thing is we teach people how to build global amazon businesses rather than you know what everybody else does right which is just amazon.com uh, unfortunately you know most of these things are based in the states well not unfortunately but you know what i mean a lot of these things are based in the states therefore that's all people are focused on not many people really know about europe and stuff and so we're in a good position because we've done both of those we've made a lot of money on both platforms you know europe and north america for you know years and years and years so that's really our big difference as well as lots more stuff we can certainly get into but that's really what we're about that's pretty cool i love the way the layout of the site is it's really really cool now real quickly i know you were like you were in business for about seven years before you actually met your business partner robert who became your mentor as well how did you like what were some of the biggest struggles you actually had in that seven year period because you know well like, uh, yeah you. I'll tell you, I'll get the story straight for you there, Adel, first. I mean, I actually wasn't. I was in business for a while on my own as I grew up, and I was you know, just trying to figure out what the hell to do in business, right? I'm sure you're in a similar situation when you were building your own businesses. And so I really got to the point where I was in my early 20s. I was working as a data processor for a government department, which was, as you can probably tell, absolutely awful, <laughs> the least inspiring job in the world. And, you know, I was, like a lot of people, Googling around, how to make money online and all that kind of stuff. And I kept getting a lot of, you know, bullshit from the internet, which was just crap. Uh, you know, how to make money by teaching other people how to make money, by teaching other people how to make money kind of stuff. Whereas yeah. I was in a situation where I was like, look, I want to do something that I can feel good about, that I can sell to my family if I was going to sell something to my family, right? That kind of thing. And so I ended up really after a long struggle been in my early 20s but 23 years old and said look physical products is something i can do because at the time like i was studying direct marketing and stuff but i wasn't like a quote-unquote expert in anything right which is another thing i'm going to help people do in the future and anyway, i have a whole thing i can tell you about on that as well but ultimately i just felt like i needed help because i couldn't find any straight answers on how to grow a physical products business everybody kept saying different things like drop ship this or you know, put no money down, do that, and all this crap. And luckily for me, I stumbled across this guy called Robert, who, as you say, is my my business partner still to this day in, in one of my companies, obviously a marketplace, and we have an investment business. Uh, but, you know, uh, that's where I was, and I really didn't know what the hell I was doing at all. I was totally green, and I just basically met this guy through my aunt, and I said, look, I got I to gotta learn how to do this from a mentor. And 
I basically worked with this guy for a week in his warehouse, lifting boxes and freezing cold. And I just thought, look, this is what I want to do. I got to jump in and learn how to do this thing. And so I did. I, I just started working with this guy for free and his business and started finding holes in his business after, you know, all the studying I've done the direct marketing and copywriting and, you know, obviously you're a copywriter, so you know all about that. And just started basically selling stuff in my, in my spare time on like eBay and using my copywriting skills to really differentiate my listings and sell a shit ton more than other people did. And then really Robert and I, we just started working in his company and realized Look, this isn't the way we want to run this business. Let's start a new company. Let's do it the right way. Let's leverage Amazon's platform. Let's go global with this thing. Let's let's blow it up. And so that's what we did. We built, you know, a, a, a seven-figure business, as everyone likes to call it on there, uh, for, for a number of years. Um, you know, we still invest in multiple Amazon businesses to this day. And obviously now we run Marketplace Superheroes. So that's that's really the the shortened story for you. That's pretty awesome, dude. I love that. I love the way that's actually all that. Now, I got to ask simply because you bring up one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, which is direct response. Absolutely. Who would you say would be some of your biggest influences in that realm? Well, definitely Dan Kennedy, of course. Uh, Huge uh, student of Dan Kennedy's. Uh, Then getting into, obviously, Jay Abraham, who we all study. I mean, let's face it. Uh, Then after that, you know, Gary Halbert stuff from Boron. Mm-hmm. Uh, books and things like that going across to John Carlton then of course as well they were all the main kind of people I initially began to read and I guess more modern people who I would who have a lot of time for people like Russell Brunson obviously or ClickFunnels as well as people like Todd Brown they would be my main people I would I would get I guess read and listen to and I guess nowadays really I'm down to probably listening to Dan Kennedy mostly and and, and, and looking at the older stuff, because ultimately, that I find that's where the best lessons really are. And like anything, direct response is a cyclical thing. The me- Basically, the media is changing, whereas the, the methodology isn't really changing, which I think is really interesting. That is so true. I mean, it's the same stuff that's been working for years. As John Carlton used to say, it's like the same stuff that people used to sell um, in their togas when they were trying to sell togas to each other <laughs> it's the same stuff it's not changed the evolution of sales has not changed in since its first inception it mentioned yeah well that's what's interesting i mean i read a lot of philosophy and stuff like that as well and the thing about philosophy that interests me so much is because like you look back you know hundreds of years ago whatever a lot of these guys in ancient Greece and stuff like that. And they're still saying things that are true then and are true to this day. You know, one of my favorite short books is by Seneca and it's called On the Shortness of Life. And if you read that book, you know, it's amazing. Like human behavior has not changed. Then like I got really interested, as I'm sure you have, in the whole direct response thing. And I started looking back to like, you know, ads written in like the 60s and 70s. And all you see is like it, people are still selling, like say even back then, business opportunities and say nowadays, you know, it's just instead of whatever they were selling, it's become a Facebook ad consultant or whatever, you know. So it's mm-hmm. just I, I love the fact that once you learn the principles of these things, the principles are what stand to you. And like uh, Jim Rome once said, right, you know, there's no new fundamentals and don't listen to anybody who tries to sell you a new fundamental because they're fundamentals, right, which, which I love. Yep, it's so true. And Jim, it's funny, I've actually mentioned this the third time today has come up in conversation for me today. <laughs> there you go <laughs> huge Jim Rohn fan by the way just absolutely love the guy uh, when he was around and what he stood for brilliant brilliant yeah. mentor um, and teacher but something Absolutely. I will actually like jump on board because I really like um, I like I like the fact that your head comes from a very similar place that, that mine does you have a very similar like mindset to things 
Yeah. I'm curious to hear though, what would you say is like truly like the big problems people face when they're going through um, Amazon? Uh, well, not Amazon, but just like anything to do with like setting up a dropshipping business or even just an Amazon business in general. So that, like it automates yeah. their business. Sure. Well, I mean, uh, what I'll do first of all, I mean, just to explain the simple model, I guess, for anybody who's unsure exactly what we're talking about. So really what we do at Marketplace Superheroes, we teach people how to go onto Amazon, like I say, globally, and how to find products that are in demand that are not well supplied. In other words, what's on Amazon right now is missing things. The product quality is not great. There are gaps in the offerings. And what we do is we teach our guys how to identify those offerings and basically create new offers on Amazon and get them expanded globally, whereby they're going to basically bring in their own products, usually from China, but not necessarily. They're going to brand them uh, with their own branding, and then they're going to put those for sale, like I say, across multiple Amazon countries. So again, it's not really drop shipping, uh, which you weren't saying that, but I'm just clearing that up for everybody. So when it comes to the challenges, then, I mean, look, there's the main challenges with a lot of people are... Number one, we're not taught any of this stuff in school or people around us, they don't know anything really about how to grow a successful company. So the influences we've had for many years are really not, not conducive to learn how to do this kind of stuff. I know that better than most. I mean, was, you know, most people around me had never started a company before. So I had all these beliefs that were really incorrect. And one of the biggest beliefs I see time and time again that I, I feel is just repeating itself is people coming in thinking I've got to save money and cut my expenses to be able to launch this type of a business because you need capital to be able to do it. You need to be able to order, etc. And that's really not the right way to go about it. I always tell people, you know, if you're in a situation where you don't have at least one to three thousand dollars, let's just call it, to invest, you really got to look for ways to even increase your income a slight bit. Even $25 a day over six months is still like nearly five grand you would have raised, right? So right. I think the first thing is capital. That's most people's biggest challenge and they don't know how to raise capital. They've never had that before. So then the second thing really is people looking at businesses like this then they see spending and investing and they don't understand the difference between the two. You can't. I totally understand because that's how I began. And really once you understand that when you sell a product on Amazon, not to get into too much of the specifics because we'll be here all day, but yeah. really what we tell people is, look, when you buy a product, you want to get what we call a profit on investment. It's what's the profit on your investment? You look for 100%. In other words, if you invest $2.50, you're going to make another $2.50. You make uh, 100% your money, basically. So you make five bucks, right, for two fifty, dollars as you said. So in that situation, you know, really then when you look at that you're saying to yourself well i'm not really spending money like you know i buy fuel i buy clothes i buy whatever things that when i buy them they're gone i'm actually mm -hmm. investing in an asset that's going to pay me over and over again in other words an online product that's going to sell so really learning to think like an investor is a big challenge for a lot of people because we're not taught this kind of stuff at all and even as for yourself like as a copywriter like as a service professional or whatever you want to classify yourself as like we're all investors at the end of the day we're investing yeah. our time our energy our money whatever and so it's all about learning how to think like an investor i, I agree. Agree. yeah sorry go ahead no i was gonna say I, I agree with you entirely there because a lot of people really don't think about what they do as an investment i mean um like i've been writing copies since i was like 12 i'm 
turning 28 in less than like a month just over a month i'll be turning like um 28 by the time this show comes out it will be already my path they would have passed but what i'm saying is Mm -hmm. that time investment right there was always kind of having an asset that i know will always pay off like people will always need shit to sell like they always will like from now to the end of time we can get rid of all the technology all the increments everything that's there as long as i've I've invested my time my fundamentals so i can take what i know go door to door knock doors and still get the same result as if i could write a letter mail it into a company and get the same result as if i did it online now the thing i really want to jump on board with that you just said right now it's quite key is what you're doing is you're not shooting in the dark. You're creating a system that you know, okay, if I put two pounds or if I put two and a half dollars into or two and a half grand into, it's going to produce five back. Yeah. That way, at that point, you're just like, okay, like you said, it's not like buying clothes or buying a car or buying something that depreciates in value as the longer time goes on. This is the more money you put into it, the more money it produces back out. So if you went right. say, two and a half grand, you got five grand out. Now you perfect that system so it doubles back your investment. How quickly are you going to take that five grand that comes back out to you and invest it all back in? No, you're probably going to do three grand in, six grand out, you know, four grand in, eight grand out. And you can keep building until that point where you basically got a system coming in. Is that what you're basically essentially going with, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, look, that's any business again, you know, at the end yeah. of the day, I think that what a lot of people confuse in these kinds of companies is that, you know, for so many years, we're told all this crap online, like, you know, in 90 days, you can be making a uh, hundred grand a month, right? Sort of thing. And then that's so, you know, you're obviously over in the UK, I'm here over here in Ireland. So we're very similar in terms of our outlook and all of that kind of stuff. And I guess, you know, one of the big things we all see is that, look, if you tell me you're making a hundred grand, oh, well, are you doing revenue or are you actually earning like a hundred grand in income, net profit in your business? So, you know, most people like they'll say, well, I'm going to show you how I made, you know, $10 million doing this stuff. And it's just not true. It's just bullshit. So that's that's one of the things that people who are not in business, they're fed a lot of crap early on, which then sets them up with unrealistic expectations as to what it really takes to succeed in any business. I mean, look, we're, you know, Marketplace Superheroes is another type of company to, you know, our Amazon businesses. And at the end of the day, that business, like, to launch it and to grow it, et cetera, is a very different business to an Amazon business. It's, in fact, completely different. And at the end of the day, you know, Marketplace Superheroes now, like our Amazon business, is producing millions of dollars, uh, pounds in revenue. But at the end of the day, like, it took a long time and a team and investment and all those things to get them there, which aren't to scare people. I don't want anyone to be scared, but what I want people to understand is, like, look, whatever business you're getting into, you've got to understand that you've got to be realistic about what it is you're doing. You've also got to put in time and effort. And you got to understand that, as you just said, like it takes time to grow your income. Like, I mean, I've been in business now for whatever, nearly eight, 10 years or whatever it is. And now at this point in my career, I'm making a lot of money, but it took me you know, five, six years of not making a lot of money in my businesses and growing my businesses before I made that, you know, I'm sure most people are in that situation, but most people don't want to say that because they want to sell the dream of 100 grand in 90 days which is just bullshit. yeah it's entirely bullshit it's the same thing as when people try and tell you that um you can become a skilled highly sought after consultant in 30 days i'm like fuck off you can't okay <laughs> no 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 but especially your copywriting i mean geez like i love i love the skill and discipline of copywriting but man i've been doing this like you for 
over 10, 12 beyond years now. And I feel like only now I've really cracked it. And, and even when I say I cracked it, I've got decent at it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still like really strange to me. Like one of my, if you mind me going on my soapbox and ranting for a moment. Sure, go for it. I have a personal beef with most copywriters online. I see writers online posting like, someone genuinely posted this the other day. Actually, a couple of people did. Oh, if you think that you can make grammar mistakes in your sales copy and that's the way that you want to say that you're a great copywriter, I want to argue with you. And I'm like, dude, you you don't even write sales copy. You write content. Shut up. That's number one. <laughs> Two, know your place. You don't know what their mindset was coming from. Their mindset could have been, I'm writing because my my marketplace speaks like this, so I'm emulating. It's two. Three, genuine hatred for copywriters who come in three months ago and today are saying, I charge 10 grand for my work. Yeah. And I'm like, you're good at selling, cool. You charge 10 grand for your work. I am totally respect that. You know, Maybe you, you totally deserve it. But when I look at your sales copy and I get hired after you and I actually have to fix your shit, it's hilarious mm-hmm. to me because you're, you've not only burned your client, but you burned that client for everyone else. So I have to rebuild that shit to make sure they're happy so I can go back and charge them full price. Right. It's, it's one of those things. It's like it's a real pain in the ass that someone comes in out of nowhere and says they do stuff. And the danger of it, and it's a true danger, it could be in anything. It's the same as, say, um, I know there's a fellow Irishman. He's actually one of my former, te- uh, former teammates as well. It's like Conor mm-hmm. McGregor going into this fight with Floyd Mayweather. It's, it's it, At this time, it hasn't happened, but when this show comes out, obviously it would have. But what I'm saying is that they're getting into this whole fight, and I'm like, Connor is not a boxer. He's, <laughs> got, he's got boxing experience, but he doesn't know all the tricks of the trade. He's not been doing it as long. He's not efficient with his energy. But mm-hmm. that being said, he knows the basics. It's that kind of level of um, getting into a fight with someone when you know nothing, and they know everything. That's, yeah. the, that's the evolution of the... Um, of what I'm trying to say very similar to you is in like people coming in yeah. and trying to make a hundred grand in 90 days. Well, first of all, a hundred grand in 90 days, you don't see the subconscious work that took, took them to right, get to Right, exactly. It's, it's always process. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the iceberg theory. I mean, I think it was Michael Masterson, you know, Ready Aim Fire guy. Yeah. Who, who said, or Michael Ford, really. Who, yeah, um, exactly. Said, or Mark Ford, who basically Mark Ford, said, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get his name right because he'll just beat yeah. us up for that completely. He's a... <laughs> He's a legit jiu-jitsu guy. I know this because I train Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I know he's a legit like guy on the ground that will kick crap out yeah. of me. <laughs> um, but what he said was, uh, on average, it takes 10 years for someone to make a million dollars a year. If you really look at that, that's about $83,333 a month. Mm-hmm. You put that into perspective for a second. To make nearly $10,000 like, a, a month from scratch... Every single month in a systemized format will take time because you need to edit, you need to process, you need to invest, you need to have capital, you need to have skill, you need to actually be able to have supplies and you know people to actually go and get everything done and white label for you. You need mm-hmm. to have a process chain, and process takes time, and people don't want to look at that. Yeah, I think, I think it's, again, like uh, one of my favorite books, terrible title for a book, but I'm sure you may have read it. Um, most people have by now. The Millionaire Fast Lane, MJ DeMarco. You know, mm-hmm. what MJ says in that book, which is so true, it's that, you know, process is where they, where it's at, whereas everybody wants to buy an event, which, you know, we all understand because whenever I was working in a job and I was pretty desperate at the time, 
I would love to have bought the pro the event rather of well I can buy you know 100 gram in 90 days I would love to have done that but the truth is after after buying so much of that back then and basically uh, being hit by every scam known to man because I was just easy to sell to kind of like what MJ was in the book I, I understood that like you know I'm actually consuming here whereas what my goal is to actually flip that and become a producer. And so that's like, you know, the big thing on Marketplace Superheroes, we teach our, our, our people, our heroes, is that like it's all about flipping the switch and becoming a producer. So, you know, instead of buying a product on Amazon, sell the damn product. Don't be the buyer, be the seller. And it's like, you know, what people say in the casinos in Las Vegas, right? You know, if you're in a room, you don't know who the sucker is, you're the sucker, right? Yeah. Or you don't know who the fish is, you're the fish, as they say in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And so that's like... That's the thing you've got to understand is that, you know, you're changing now into an entrepreneur, into a business person, into an investor, rather than what you've been all your life, which I was too, which is just a consumer. And and so that's really the, the game uh, that we're all trying to play and we're all trying to master. And, um, you know, that's why with, with Marketplace, we're just transparent and we just tell people, look, this is the, this is the truth, this is the reality, and here's how to do it, and here's the exciting part, here's where you can be. But don't come in with 500 bucks thinking you're going to be a millionaire in a year because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Again, it's all about process, time, skill, and investment. Right. Now, my question really, because we've actually gone into this, uh, and you mentioned a few of my heroes already, mm -hmm. self-development. What would you say your top five self-development books are and authors? doesn't have like five books, five authors. They can be a crossover as well. Completely up to you. It's a great question, actually, because one exercise I did, I'm just actually grabbing this now, that I did was I heard, and a lot of people have a lot of hate for this guy, but I, I quite like his old stuff because there was a lot of good stuff back then. Uh, with Ty Lopez, when he first came out on the scene, yeah, he, you see, the thing about Ty actually is when he first came out on the scene, the stuff he was sharing is phenomenal. If you go back to his really old YouTube videos before all the stuff that's out there now, genuinely insightful stuff. And one of the big things that he said that I really took on board a couple of years ago was, you know, you want to treat a book kind of like a friend rather than, uh, well, not a friend. So with a friend, do you meet someone you like and you say, well, listen, I want to spend more time with this person rather than, you know, I, I never want to see you again. See you later. And so I, I, he said, you know, with books, like people don't look at books as friends. And he said, really, what you want to do is look at 150 books which is the number, I don't know where you got this number from, but they're in four categories and then really look at your life and try and master those four books, or sorry, those four areas and look at those 150 books and read them over and over again. So uh, that's a long beginning answer. With that said, I did make a list, so I have a lot of books here, but I will give you personal development books I like the most. Go so first one I really liked years ago, which really started me on the journey was The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Excellent I book. always liked that book. Yeah, I always enjoyed it. 63, I think, strategies in it or something, which is a lot. But at the end of the day, uh, success is not something that you can do with uh, with seven simple steps, I don't believe. The second book I probably would have to point to uh, would be The Millionaire Fastlane. Not necessarily a personal development book, but a very good book for learning how to start thinking like more of a producer uh, rather than a, uh, a consumer. Uh, now that we're on it, I guess I would go with Jim Rohn. Uh, he has a book called Leading an Inspired Life I always liked. And on the topic of personal development, I think the fourth one, I'd have to say, I'd probably put in there, you know, uh, Awaken the Giant Within or something like that with Tony Robbins. Because that, you know, uh, you know, some people might say Think and Grow Rich. I might have put that in there. But 
these are the kinds of books I would say on real personal development level probably inspired me the most to start me on the journey of really looking at my life and looking at my belief system being the biggest thing and actually saying, is this actually true? Is what I've been told my whole life really the reality? And what I learned was, interestingly enough, that, you know, as people would say, you know, 5% of all the world's wealth is, or sorry, 95% of all the world's wealth is controlled by 5%, and 50% of that money is controlled by whatever, 1%. And so I've always been kind of fascinated with, well, what does the 5% and the 1% think like, rather than the other percentage, you know? And so, again, I never want to say things like, oh, well, the other people are, are asleep or whatever, but another book that my sister actually recommended to me, which was really good, which was one called awareness and i think the one thing i learned from that book as well is we're just not we're not really awake even though we like to think we are and i try to make myself more and more aware of everything and of what the truth is every day as much as i can that's really interesting i really mm -hmm. like that because that is basically staying awake and finding the truth in things that um, are around you now who are your top five authors because sometimes reading books are amazing like you have top five books that have impacts but there are five authors that you usually i really like these guys yeah i i would say authors it's a good question i guess i would say james Altucher. i always liked his books and his his blogs more so i guess really than books um he had a book called choose yourself a number of years ago i always used to like it was a weird book because it wasn't like a book book and as such it was a collection of essays more so but i always liked his stuff uh, i think then as well i would have to go back to some of the philosophy guys and again i'm going to sound like a complete knob <laughs> saying that but again like uh, seneca uh, I, I absolutely love that stuff it's it's great and i've read multiple of his pieces um after that, then I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think as well of books that maybe I've I really liked how Emith was written Michael Gerber stuff mm -hmm. uh, was, was good, and you know after that I'll be honest I'm trying to think about another author that I've read more than one book of, uh, and 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 I would say oh my God you're such an amazing writer I guess you know <laughs> look Tim Ferriss maybe back when I first was into this stuff as well I look we all read the Four Hour Work Week and whatever at the end of the day and obviously Jack Canfield stuff as well as I mentioned. Would be would they would be the main guys I guess for me in terms of authors. That's actually a really good like selection that you have there to be honest because a lot of people don't use they usually kind of stay within one vein and you kind of got you went everywhere which is cool and James is a really cool dude I really like his uh, podcasts and his um, Choose Yourself was a really good book for me as well it's a real eye opener for when yeah. I was going through some stuff. Now mm -hmm. I'm gonna do you mind if I add like uh, three of my favorite authors to that list as well. That's a, yeah. I'd actually, I'd love to know what you're, what you're into. Oh wait, are we going five for five, or am I just doing three? Just do. So let's just do three then, because I, I have that many authors here. I'll never keep up with them all anyway. Fair enough. So one <laughs> Maybe of my, have some. so one of my favorite uh, writers is a guy called Jeffrey Gittimer. Oh yes, the little book is selling, right? Yeah, 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 amazing dude. Love him so much. Ryan Holiday is the next because he's been yeah. bringing out some great stuff lately. Yeah. The third one is a three-way tie. And I'll tell you that right now, because my favorite author of all time in, in books for business and self-development is always going to be Robert Greene. I love his books. They're brilliant. Yeah. I've read them all. Uh, the second is Joe Sugarman, who's amazing. Just ad writer and also self-development stuff. And the third is Stephen Kotler, who actually wrote the books uh, Stealing Fire, Bold, and Abundance, as well as like The Rise of Superman. Great books. 
absolutely amazing information and really great stuff. Now, granted, there's over like 400 books in my apartment around me right now, and there's only a few that I can <laughs> mention, but those are the ones I'd yeah. go for. So I think I got to five anyway without even trying. But what I'm saying is those, uh, it's again, going back to the time of investment, you spent a crap load of time reading these books and applying them to your life. And that's the key difference here is applying them because a lot of people don't. They just read them and kind of go, oh, I read the book and, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. I agree. And I think that, you know what, I think a lot of that comes from, so, you know, in the, I guess in the mid 2000s or whatever, when we had things like The Secret coming out and stuff like that, and everybody got really into Law of Attraction, uh, you know, and I I know as a a joint friend of ours, uh, good old Mr. Dan Meredith, who loves a little bit of manifestation, and he can definitely quote me by saying that he loves all that. But no, I'll joke aside, (laughs) Dan is definitely not into manifestation. But the point is that, you know, at the end of the day, like those books taught a lot of people of like, well, I can just think about something and it'll happen. And I always remember Dan Kennedy saying in one of his wealth wealth programs, and by the way, his two, there's one of his wealth programs. It's free on YouTube. It's just there. I highly recommend everybody watches it. It's three videos and it's phenomenal. Um, basically, what Kennedy says is that when, it look, when you look at something like Thinking Grow Rich and kind of like The Secret as well, the error that people made back then was that the book is called Think and Grow Rich, whereas actually what the book should have been called was Think to Grow Rich. And what a lot of people don't realize is like Napoleon Hill, when he was in older, he was older in older life, actually died basically broke. And this is the guy that wrote the book on wealth. And the reason that happened was, is because he didn't apply his his he didn't basically have a career outside of being a personal development writer that he could apply his wealth uh, mindset to, which is the interesting thing about that story. And I hope I'm not going on too much about it, but nope. I find it's really interesting that um, it was W. Clement Stone actually was somebody who ran a number of businesses in America. It was a very, very wealthy guy, multi-billionaire, like in the early 1900s or mid-1900s. And basically, he applied that philosophy to his business, and the guy became a multi-billionaire. And I think he actually even had Napoleon Hill write a book for his company later in life. But the point is, is just applying this thinking to something that could make you money. That's the goal. It's not just thinking and growing rich, because that just doesn't happen. And I did that for years, by the way. Honestly, like I walked around Dublin, listened to this stuff for years, and you want to know something? I never did shit. And because I never did anything, I never made any money. And it was only one day I was in my apartment and I realized, you know, and it's so stupid when I think back to it, but this is honestly what I realized. I wanted to use this stuff and go, okay, well, how can I get 10 grand into my bank account? Because at the time I literally had zero. And I was like, well, if I just keep thinking about the 10 grand, like every day I write a check, I have a check written myself. I, I have it on the wall, I look at it every day, I'll get that 10 grand. And it never happened and I realized, you know, well maybe I can cut cut my expenses. I was making like, I don't know, euro, let's call it pounds, 1200 quid a month, and my rent was like nearly 600, right? So I didn't have money, so there was nothing I could cut. And it took me that day to have a single realization, which is you can't cut your way to wealth, you can only make more money. So your everyone's problem is, they don't make enough money and that's why you know skills like what you have you know being a copywriter and stuff is a great way to make more money and then once you get that skill you can obviously then as you go forward look for more ways to create a more scalable 
income stream, which they see you're doing already, storytelling program and stuff like that. So, you know, that's, that's key and that's something I wish I knew years ago. Yeah, it means a big thing. And especially one caveat that I might add here is don't let people deter you. Because that's yeah. a big one. Like people give up just because they're feeling deterred. Oh, you know, it's not happening yet. It's not so here. Uh, it's not here already. Something that was quite powerful to me was understanding the um, power of delayed gratification. Oh, yeah. I mean, far too Absolutely. few people have that. Far, far too few people actually allow themselves to feel delayed gratification. And I was yeah. one of them. I mean, I was like, no, I want it today. If it doesn't happen today, it's never going to happen. Versus, sure, dude, like, life doesn't spring into existence in one day. It takes nine months for human life to spring into existence. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck are you saying that you're going to like create all this wealth in this short space of time? No, fuck off. And especially if you haven't even done it before, if you've never done it before, you don't know what that experience is. So you can't draw back from that feeling. Right. So I agree with you. And just quickly, totally just to backtrack very quickly, uh, because I do want to just touch on this and clear it up a little bit. Um, Napoleon Hill actually did write a couple of books for, um, and a couple of trainings for W. Clement Stone. And the thing is, W. Clement Stone's wealth at the time was $600 million, which is an insane amount uh, for the time, because that is several billion dollars over here today. And most importantly, uh, Napoleon Hill died after writing a book for W. Clement Stone called Grow, Grow Rich with Peace of Mind. Great book. It's an amazing book. Dan Candy recommends it like crazy. I got it years ago. And just very quickly, I will say that training that you actually mentioned earlier, that's Dan Candy's training that's on YouTube, Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people paid like two, three grand to attend that event, by the way. And it's just sat there on YouTube. And trust me, it's probably one of the best trainings you can actually it do is. for yourself. So powerful. So yeah, powerful. man. Do you know what? Something? That's a great point you make. And I always find it interesting. It's a, I think Martin Seligman writes about it in one of his books. And he talks about that idea of learned helplessness, you know. And mm-hmm. that's the thing, you know, like they did that whole, you know, if anybody doesn't know, I'll just real quick recap it so basically they did a, a scientific test where they had a bunch of i think it was monkeys or whatever and what they did was they took them from the wild where they were climbing around every day and they were feeding themselves and whatever else and then they put them into a zoo or whatever a test test area and they just kept feeding the monkeys at the same time every single day and so the monkeys learned like okay it's like but this time i get food every day i don't have to do it and ultimately they put those animals back into the wild like months of doing this every single one of them i believe died so why did they die well they died because they learned to become helpless because people just gave them things and that's the thing i had to kind of relearn i'm sure you're in the same situation as some we gotta learn to be not be helpless and we are all really taught to be helpless whenever we're in a situation where we're working somewhere and we're getting paid that money every single month not for no effort now, but at the same time, we're getting it all the time. And so what we've got to do is we've got to learn that everything we want, and the monkeys were no different. If they just had to put their hand out and grab the branch, they would have realized, shit, there's food on this thing. Whereas what they did was they didn't do that because they had learned, oh, well, it, you know, I, I sit here, I get paid, I get I get my food. So that's a really important other, I guess, corollary to this whole thing of stuff on YouTube that can make you a ton of money. But you're if you're not accessing it, that's on you. Yeah, exactly. It's so powerful. Exactly, was that? I remember. Um, who was it? I had this. Con- I had a conversation with someone like years and years and years and years ago about uh, wealth and the differences between the elite class and people of everyday stature. 
And he was like, oh, what's the big difference, Adel? What's the big difference? I was like, honestly, nothing. He goes, what do you mean, nothing? I was like, honestly, the only difference is that they took action where other people failed. They saw an opportunity, they took advantage of it, and they made money off of it. Today, people know, like, people just expect things to be handed to them, and it's a a sense of entitlement that unfortunately has been been pushed forward by the media, more than anything. Yeah, and I guess, you know, there's no doubt the media, like, I mean, I've, look, I'm sure you're like me, I don't really, I don't bother with the news really or anything like that. Uh, and I guess, you know, the big thing with the media is at the end of the day, they only really want to focus on one or two stories, either the the story of the person that made a ton of money or the story of the people who just failed and it all went to shit and they lost everything. That's really the thing. They don't really want to focus on the middle ground of the person who's building their business because it's not interesting. So we build this whole story in our minds of like, well, that's what entrepreneurship is. It's either I make a shit ton of money and I have the next Facebook or I'm broke and I lose everything because that's what businesses do. What we're never told is like, you know, a copywriting business, for example, um, again, not little any business, an Amazon business is no different. Like they're simple businesses, right? They're yeah. they're not easy, but they're simple. But yet, like, you know, as a copywriter, a really good copywriter like yourself, I mean, you can make as like an income beyond what would be said to be an amazing income of like a doctor or a lawyer or whatever the hell people think is a great income. You can get beyond that because of the skill of helping other people you know, it's the Zig Ziglar thing we've all heard a million times. Yeah. You could get everything you want, help other people get what they want. But that's the problem. We're not taught, like, you don't have to have the next Facebook. You can have a simple business that can pay you whatever it is you want. And you can make it as big or as small as you want. And, you know, we're building companies that are much bigger than ever before now and continue to grow into the seven and eight figure mark and all the rest. Of, we will get there. But, you know, you don't have to be there. You can just have a lifestyle business if that's what you're looking for. It, it it really depends on what you want from life. Yeah, and you really just make the choice and go out and pick the right mentors yourself. Go go exactly. do the things that need to be done. Now, yeah. that, that being said, we're reaching my favorite part of this show, which is quite simply asking you this question. Mm-hmm. And that is, thinking back to the time that you actually had your confidence completely knocked on its ass. I'm talking, why am I even here level thinking right now? Mm-hmm. what was the thing that pulled you out of it like how did you what was the strategy that you used to get yourself out of that thinking and actually mm-hmm. get to where you are today where you actually have confidence in yourself well the answer to this is going to take me just a couple of minutes to explain is that okay yeah by all means go for it all right so i guess for me in my life i learned quite a lot when i was much younger uh, i was maybe i don't know 11 or 12 years old and at that time, I, I love football. I still do love football, soccer for anybody who's from, not from around these parts. And basically, I could not get into the team for love. The manager would just not play me, right? And so, uh, I, you know, I would show up every week to training, and I would always be standing on the sideline. And then maybe he'd bring me on at the very end if he felt sorry for me or whatever. And I constantly keep asking him, can I come on, can I come on? No, no, not yet, not yet, not yet, right? There's a point for this now, don't worry. And so I'm in this situation like where basically I get told no all the time. One day it came to a head after you know, months of this shit, and I turned up one day and the guy said, listen, don't even bother put on your gear today. You're not even going to get into this, even the substitutes bench. And I remember like that literally crushed me like i was only like again 11 or whatever 10 11 and i just went home started crying my parents came into me they basically said look are you gonna let this guy tell you what to do are you gonna let him tell you like you're not good enough 
And I said, no. And they said, right, well, give this guy a phone call and ask him, why are you not in the team? So here I am, bawling my eyes out and all the rest. I ring the coach and I say, listen, why am I not in the team? And he said, you're not part of the winning combination. Right? And I remember that like so well. What that did to me, I had two choices at that point. Right? Choice one is do nothing. Choice two is work my ass off and actually prove to that guy I was more than good enough. And so what I did was, honestly, literally all summer, I got a, I got all it against the wall and just packs and packs and packs. And, and you know, I actually left that to a local rival. I'm here. I was captain of a county team, right? Wow. And I was like one of the top in in that in my county. And obviously, I went to last trial for my cup for Ireland and all that. And you know, I got injured. Blah blah blah. It's a longer story beyond that. But the point is that one taught me that you've got to become aggressive and aggressively go out and get what it is you want. And so, you know, in business, like, I mean, whenever I was trying to make it in inverted commas, you know, I was in a situation where I was in the music industry before I got into what I do now. And I thought that was where it was going to be. And then I, I basically did a shit one day and I realized this isn't going to be what I'm going to do. For life. I had to realize, I had to discover what what the fuck do I do with my life now? Um, and I had to relearn that lesson of the football story again and realize, you know, anything I've got in my life that's that's worked for me has come from aggressive looking towards what I want. So that's really my thing. And I, I've always had many knocks in business and I've realized at that point I've got to get and I've got to just look at what I'm doing and, and object say, A, did I this up and B, what can I do about it? And so empowering yourself is the key. And so that's what I just tell everybody now. Be aggressive because let me tell you, you're not aggressive as in you don't have to be violent, but you've got to be willing to do whatever is necessary to get a B and that's the key. I hope that answers your question. Oh, hell yeah, it does. It's an actual key integral part and far few people listen to that so everyone listening to the show right now rewind that section listen to it again because there is gold in what he's just told you this is absolute gold now this brings me to my favorite question of all time on this show uh and that is what three pieces of advice would you give to an entrepreneur that is struggling to actually you know they've made money online they've done business they've they've done all the stuff basically but they're They've, they've hit a downturn, so they're on the low end of the roller coaster. They're trying to build themselves back up. What yeah. advice would you give those to those guys? And what would, advice would you give to entrepreneurs that have hit a plateau and don't know how to scale from where they are? So they're getting bored, so they want to they do something. Yeah, they're good questions. I guess, look, at, at the end of the day, you've got to know your business for a start, whatever that business is, because, I mean, there's a lot of different businesses out there. Uh, but I guess the key goal, the key thing is to know what are the drivers of your business. So I'll take Marketplace Superheroes as an example. Uh, that company, you know, training people uh, globally how to do this kind of stuff, there are certain things we know that we've got to have right to be able to make that business work. And so it comes down to simple. A, we gotta have people coming into our sales funnel regularly. B, then we've gotta have a message that resonates with our audience and, and, and shares value with them, most importantly. Shows them exactly what's possible for them, which leads to a conversion rate, right? which obviously you're dealing, I'm kind of trying to localize to your audience. I'm thinking we're gonna have a lot of people thinking about conversion rates and stuff. <laughs> Therefore, we need traffic, we need people coming in, with a conversion rate, 
into an offer that works with uh, bearing in mind that we have a traffic cost for everybody that's coming in. In other words, it's going to cost us money to acquire customers. So when we know A, we're getting our traffic from, we know B, what our conversion rate is, we know C, how much it costs us to acquire a customer, we now know that as long as we keep on bringing more people into our world and our conversion rate stays static or increases, we know that our business is going to grow. And that simplifies life. Equally in Amazon business, you're always looking for the simple fundamentals as a company. And we just talked about this yesterday on a training call, myself and Robert, to our to our um, our guys. And what we said to our heroes was, look, guys, at the end of the day, uh, the thing we're going to put on a T-shirt for every single one of you is that you need more products. And whenever you're trying, like questioning what to do next, you know, like the key determinant of how much money you're going to make in your businesses, A, how many products am I selling? B, what's the conversion rate? How much money am I making? And then, of course, how many countries am I selling? In? And that's literally what I would tell people. Look at the fundamentals of the business. And it's like a Jay Abraham thing, right? There's only three ways to grow a company. And when you know what those three ways are, like, I mean, all you do is then you focus on, um, I don't want to say manipulating, but you know what I mean? Manipulating the numbers in each of those three areas and your business can't help but grow. So yeah. that's important. And then just finding people that know what the hell they're doing is obviously critical. And if you're not a copywriter, go hire uh, Adil. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Make my life simpler. Just hire me. It works always better. But Stephen, thank you so much for actually taking the time to do this today. I mean, I really, really appreciate the fact that we actually had you on the show. Um, guys, check out uh, Marketplace Super... Uh, is it MarketplaceSuperheroes.com? Yeah, MarketplaceSuperheroes.com. That's, yep. that's where we're at right now. We're doing lots more stuff in the future, but you know, right now that's the main place for everybody to go check out. And feel free to you know, drop us a line. We've got a really active team. Um, so you know, if you have any questions or anything like that, feel free. And we've got a free uh, Facebook group as well you can check out if you want to jump in. It's called The Heroic Empire. If you just search it in, uh, in Facebook or we'll put it in the show notes or whatever, you can check that out. It's totally free. Cool. I'm probably going to join that because I'm not on there yet, as far as I know. He does this sure. while he's literally talking to you. So um, just an FYI, <laughs> that that's totally happened right now. But yeah, <laughs> dude, it's actually pretty awesome like connecting with you. I hope we do keep in touch. And I'd love to have you back on the show later down the line as well. Listen, I had a great time. I love talking about this kind of stuff. And I really appreciate the conversation today because it was enjoyable for me. And I hope it was enjoyable for everybody listening. And like I say, you know, you can get whatever you want. You really can. But the key is to just go out there and learn a skill that makes money and then just become good at that and then learn how to basically get that out there to people and just sell the shit out of it. Simple as that. Quite simply. True words couldn't be said. By the way, guys, if you quickly go ahead and check out MarketplaceSuperheroes.com, as always, we're sponsored by AdelMarshy.com and StoryStoneBlueprint.com, which are owned by me. And our sponsor, as always, is AbrasiveEntrepreneur.com. Quick shout-out as well. Please go ahead and like, share, and uh, review the podcast if you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear your feedback. And, Stephen, thanks again for being here, man. Couldn't appreciate every single bit of advice that you've dropped today. Uh, thank you very much, and I'll hopefully speak to you again soon. Most definitely. Take care, guys. We'll see you on the next episode.